Come on, come all, come gather around. Come hear tales both lost and found. Finally, show not about true crime. It's David and Michael Story Time. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Story Time. I'm your host, David Miller, and I'm a hawk that can change into a boy back into a hawk again. Michael Santa. How excited are you that he has his morphing power back? Right? He's back to the team, David. Where you got no more. He never left the team. The team. They, know, they, they kept now... trying to make it, make sure he knew that that he is just as valuable a member of the team. He is a butterfly knife. He's good in all situations now. Yeah, now, yeah. Although he's going to have to get his, like, morph catalog up to par with everyone Oh, right, his right? morph... Okay, hold on. Hey, everyone, welcome back to Storytime. <laughs> it's an Animorphs week, and we have they been know. jonesing to talk about these Animorphs. Uh, if you haven't listened to the last Animorph episode, which was The Change. Animorphs number 13, The Change. Which I wrote, The Big Change. Yeah, but it was just be- The Change. It was real. Oh, why? But it's like a big change. Obviously, uh-huh, uh-huh. I put that there. Um, our hockey boy can now turn back into a regular boy. That's but, true. But only for two hours. Yeah, like regular morph rules, but his base form is now Hawk. Uh, now, today, we would be doing book 14, The Unknown, but instead, we're doing a Sneaky Weasley book. David, right. what's the Sneaky Weasley book we're doing? I am so, so, so excited to finally be doing the Hork-Bajir Chronicles. It is the first of the Chronicles series of books. We've already had one of the Megamorphs, which I always just kind of described as like season finales or like crossover events. Yeah, it's like the Avengers movies, right? Yeah, it's like the yeah. whole team got together. Uh, and this is, uh, the Chronicles tend to be like sort of backstory, world building, let's fill in sort of what happened maybe before our story. Um, uh, and I'm very excited. This one like blew my mind when I was, you know, 12 or 13 or however, you know, like in 1999. So 11, yeah, you, I guess. You, you, were, you were listening to Britney. You were like, what is oh, going to yes, blow I my was. mind today? Yeah. Uh, so does this book have, I'm turning the page so I have fresh new notes. Does this book have a subtitle or is it just the Hork-Bajir Chronicles? It's just Animorphs, the Hork-Bajir Chronicles. Yeah. Okay. Predictions. Yeah. Predict away, buddy. Okay. So we're going to find out more about that rift between the Hork-Bajir and the uh, 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 Andalites. Okay. Like, obviously, that connection was made. Uh, I think the thing that drives them apart is a simple miscommunication, but it had such big consequences. I mean, there are definitely big consequences throughout the story, yes. I think we're going to see a fun, like, either an Andalite ball, like a big dancing thing where everyone (laughs) gathers and they, like, trot around a fire and stuff like that. okay. Or we're going to see, like... A hork ritual. And they can't, they're like, you, you got to get in there and stop it. They're like, we can't. This is what they do. Um, <laughs> and with the slugs, the slugs got to show up the at yurks, some point. Yeah, um, yeah because and, I mean, what we know is that up until the two hork that escaped in the last book, in The Change, uh, from what we understand, all hork in the entire galaxy, have been taken by the Yerks. Uh, I see. I see an image of all the Hork-Bajir lining up in like rows as the villages burn behind them because they don't care about those things, even though they're crying on the inside. <laughs> and I think the slugs are gonna get into everybody at like a pool party. They're all like, "Jump in the river!" Okay. And the, the slugs come and attack them, or the drinking water. Those are sure, my predictions. Sure. Okay, cool. Great. Good predictions. Uh, oh, man, I totally forgot. So, great. 
we're going to start that story in a second. But what first, do you mean? I have to talk to you about we got another email, and I always like shouting them out. We got an email. Yeah, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's uh, longer than most of our emails, but he's got some good notes and tips for us. Uh, oh, no, and- <laughs> we're getting notes from the audience now? You know, we tell them to tell, tell us whatever they want. And, yeah, and I guess that's true. Honestly, they make some good points. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they, they go by the nickname of Pigeon, so we're going to call this person Pigeon. Hey, They're Pigeon. from the UK... Uh, and, uh, they have, the thing that, that sticks out to me is that they have just let us know that they have binged our entire catalog in like the last two weeks. <sighs> that's too much. That's, yeah, that's too much. Crazy. You got to take breaks. You got to do something else while you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have, you have to drink story time responsibly too much. You'll OD. Uh, but they, they do say specifically they want more Animorphs and Lost and boy, oh boy, little did you know that the very next two episodes coming, I'm pretty sure is this one Animorphs and the next one. Is gonna be lost. We've already been talking about it. It's bang on lost. the wall, bang on the wall, David, and see if Zipper knows that he's doing lost. He knows. I, I talked to him about it like literally yesterday. Okay. Good, okay. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening to all of our our voices. We we live inside your head and your dreams. So thanks yeah. for letting us haunt your body. Yeah. Shout out to Pigeon. Oh, they they also um, uh, gave us a, a recommendation of like another story that like. Would probably be very unknown. It's like a webcomic or something. I, I haven't looked super into it, but the description they gave sounded pretty cool. Is it something that we're going to make M read, or do one of us got to <laughs> One of us would probably have to do it. It might be right up your alley, based on the description that I hear. But You uh, don't know what alleys I like. I choose all my own alleys, thank you very much. He's very diverse in his alley choice. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. Mustang alleys. They're all mine alleys. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, shout out to you, Pigeon. Thanks for listening. Uh, here's another episode. Thank you, Pigeon. Here's may a secret it, may message. May it last two weeks. Here's a secret message for you. Shit, Only I'm he'll not, understand that. I'm going to have to bleep that. That was too much. <laughs> you, don't you dare bleep it. <laughs> All right. Okay, David. Cut to the blackness of space Let's as the camera pans down on a planet. I'm going to tell you all, audience and you alike, Santel, <laughs> buckle in, get ready. This story is a doozy and also probably going to be a long one. So this is probably a fairly longer episode. You got it. Here I'm we ready. go. I wonder if we'll do a part one, part two, like Little Mermaid. Who knows? I'm going to say right now, no. Okay, but, okay. But okay. if in the future this comes out as a hork Chronicles part one, don't fucking at me. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right, so we start off with a prologue. We're gonna we're gonna sandwich this story between a prologue and an epilogue, like every good novel, right? Like every good sandwich, you got to have some delicious ciabatta bread, some some delicious uh, provolog. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we start from Tobias's point of view, uh, our our bird boy Tobias. Uh, he's restless. It's like kind of like the evening time. Um, there's no mission to do. There's no spying to be done. Like. Whatever. Uh, oh, I should say that this story takes place sort of indiscriminately after book 13, but like before book like 21-ish. Okay, so this is like a Dragon Ball Z movie. It just sort of happens in this so general vicinity of the story. Well, we're about to see a couple details that like we haven't seen develop, but like this is how it is. And I can't remember in the next eight books when this happens, but it's not super important. But, okay, so okay. Tobias, Tobias is restless, so he, he finds himself kind of flying around, and he sort of finds himself just sort of automatically flying towards the Hork-Bajir Valley, where the, the two Hork-Bajir that they rescued are, like, 
hidden in this valley that's like super hard to find like the like even he knows where it is and where how to get there and he has a hard time spotting it because it's like almost like magically hidden by the elements you know what i mean yeah they're gonna go see that mommy and dad that mommy and daddy they want to be mommy and daddies yes yes correct uh and so there's a bunch of like a network of like caves there that they're like oh you guys can like stay in the caves and stuff and tobias goes and he sees that like the caves are all empty like no one is in the caves and he sees that all of the hork adults and I say all of them because there's now about a dozen hork that are free here. <gasps> They've created a sleeper cell! They're breaking them out, David! They're taking them one by one! And they are all, like, living and staying and hanging out in the trees. Oh, okay. Okay. There's, like, about a dozen of them. Jara, uh, Hami, uh, and Ket Halpak now have a child. Yay! Uh, they all welcome Tobias. Uh, like you know, they're like, "Yo, our like bestest friend and savior." Basically, like, welcome, right? Bird, right? bird Jesus. Yeah. Uh, they they invite him to come over and sit kind of by the fire. He's like, "Well, I'm not gonna sit like on the ground or near the fire, but I'll like perch right up here." Yeah, I can I can hear you. And they're like, "Okay." Uh, and they're gonna. If I like, had feathers, I would also be terrified. Like, of kind open of stick, stay away from open flames. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, but they they invite him to sit and and hear like tonight's story. Like part of their like kind of culture is like story around the fire kind of thing. Do you think those bands in the 80s ever had to worry about fire? Like, does Poison, can they're like, get away from that open flame, we'll catch on flames! Maybe, yeah, probably. Yeah, that I mean, sounds real. I'm sure that's a definite thing they have to check out before doing a show like that. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones just can't go by the fire, his boa will catch on fire. So, um, uh, so they're like, oh, well, what story are we going to tell? And, and a bunch of the hork around are like, the story of the Jubba Jubba, the story of Father Sky, and uh, or Father Deep and Mother Sky, and then, um, there's uh, always one person who's like, do Chicago. Let's watch Chicago. Yeah. You're like, fuck Chicago. Jara Hami um, is like, I've got a story, the story of Andalites, the story of Yerks, uh, the story that like my father gave to me and like his father gave to him. And so Tobias is like, kind of like, kind of perks up and is like, okay, like, yeah, I'd like to hear the story about the Andalites and the Yerks and the hork with the Yerks. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, I don't know what I expected. I guess I figured Jara would say something like, Yerks come, bad, fighting, Yerks win, we lose. Uh, but that wasn't it at all. Jara Hamid closed his eyes and began rocking back and forth, a weird gargoyle, bright orange and deep shadow and firelight. He rocked for several minutes while everyone waited patiently, and then he started to tell his tale. It was in the rough, stilted, limited speech of the hork a mix of English and hork and languages I could only guess at. It was hard to follow at first, but I swear, after a few minutes, the words grabbed hold of my brain somehow. I could not only hear the guttural words, but I could hear the original words as spoken by Jara Hamid's father-father and the others who played a part in the story, an Andalite female named Aldrea, a Yurk named Esplin, and a hork seer, Dak Hami. Maybe it was the firelight or the way Jara rocked back and forth as if he were in a trance, but soon I forgot where I was. I was far away, far, far away. I settled onto my branch, fluffed my feathers against the cold, and listened. And then the story begins. So it's, it's that classic, uh, classic sort of framing of a story within a story. Yeah, and also uh, a tale from generations that this is a story that this has been handed down, and that these le- the- these words have been chosen and were right. Like is, this story is always recited this way. Yeah, and there's al- almost some kind of mystical trance that he's like he says he's like literally hearing the voices of all these characters he just named, like space magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the point of view is going to change chapter to chapter, so uh, it's gonna. Um, Do we I'm start gonna with Andrea? Present it. Aldrea okay. Dakami. The, the hork and Esplin, the Yurk Esplin. We get three different points of view here, and one of them is a Yurk. So we have Andrea, Dr. and ESPN. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so, uh, because of that, I'm kind of, I'll, I'll, like, point stuff out, but, like, it's mostly gonna be, like, I did Megamorphs, where I'm just sort of telling you the story as it happened. Sure, 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 understood. Yeah. Um, so, uh, back in, and it gives you a bunch of different, like, ways to measure what time it is, during the Earth year, 1966. Oh, what a happening year! But nowhere near Earth. This is just, like, that during the, so 30-ish years before the rest of the story. Okay. Is this um, a Vietnam story? Because they always make me sad. Is this not <laughs> Vietnam? Yeah, this is it. That's uh, it. They make me so sad. It's a war we shouldn't have been in. Uh, Aldrea is eavesdropping on an Andalite warrior, Alaran Semitur Koras, who, that name should sound familiar to you. That is the name of the Andalite that Visser Three is inhabiting. Oh. When Axe morphed a rattlesnake and bit him and, like, talked to him for a minute, that was, he was, he was War Prince Alaran Semitur Koras. Okay, which means he's also still alive, but uh, yeah, understood. Cool. So, uh, this guy, this warrior, is yelling at her father, Prince Ciro. Do you remember that name? He's the one who who fucked everything up. He ruined everything. He gave them free will. He's a piece of shit. They call it Ciro's kindness. Ciro's kindness. it's, it's, It's that because of him, the Yurks have space capabilities right yeah, like yeah. so obviously that's going to happen right we're gonna see that or the ramifications of that right fucking now right uh now. uh so um prince zero is like in disbelief uh alaran shows him like a hollow vid like video kind of thing of um a bunch of geds g-e-d-d-s uh that's like the main um host for yurks they're like the sort of little like almost like monkey looking things or like like ape looking things, but one of their legs is like longer than the others, and they like are super clumsy and have kind of bad eyesight. Um, and they they uh, not a not an alien you can take over the galaxy with is what I'm no, hearing. Like they're very very not great. Uh, sure, <laughs> they they just are on the same homeworld as that the Yurks have been on, and have sort of like they're they're so like low functioning mentally that they just like are like yeah whatever and like give themselves up to the like they don't have they don't really care. Uh, <laughs> or at least as far as we know. Um, but there's, like, a bunch of them, like, kind of shambling up to a little Andalite outpost with, like, four guards at it that are just sort of, like, and this is on the York Homeworld, this, like, video, uh, that are, like, sort of, like, hanging out, there's nothing to really do, this outpost is boring and out of the way and nothing happens here and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, uh, uh, these Andalites have been told not to, like, make any, um, uh, like, hullabaloo with like the geds and the yurks don't yeah, fire don't, on them don't, don't don't go fuck around with them don't go well, and like and like yeah there. don't and don't like use force on them because we are trying to like be like outreach to the yurks right because they're this this species that we found right um uh one of the geds in walking like they're all like kind of just like walking up the end lights are like okay like that's enough that's like close enough guys stop like stop but they like can't their hands are tied with orders they can't like do anything uh, and one of the Geds is hiding behind his back, um, uh, essentially an Andalite laser gun. It's called the Shredder. The Shredder. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it any sort of connection that the idiot aliens are called GEDs? Like, is, do you think that means anything? No, no I don't. Okay. Think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and the the Geds, there's like a bunch of them, and they swarm and ambush them. And the one with the laser pulls it out and like shoots them, and they like die. Um, and Alaran is, like, fucking furious that, like, his warriors got, like, butchered because the order was don't fight back, right? Like, I just, I know, I know that these are aliens with space guns, but this all feels like medieval. 
Like like the peasants, like they killed a knight, and they're like, "What's happening there kinda. in this province?" And Ciro is still like, "No, like the Yurks gave me their word. Like this couldn't be all the Yurks. This must be like just this group or whatever." And Alaran is like, "You fucking idiot." Uh, and <laughs> basically like he's really like and, and then yeah. they make a point that he's like being disrespectful to Ciro which is unheard of because he's just a warrior at this point and Ciro is his prince which is mm. like you know how acts like always to prince to Jake. Jake yeah um, so the Yurks they get word that the Yurks have now the Geds have stolen four fighters and two small transports um, those transports the fighters like immediately jumped to Z space and the transports landed at another space uh, part of the uh, uh, planet next to like their biggest yerk pool for like an hour and then jumped to Z space. Oh uh, no, they're taking those they're taking those yerk babies out to the space. They estimate that they would have been able to load about a quarter million yerks onto those transports in that time. That's enough to take over a whole population, David. Ciro had taught them about space, shared technology with them, and even invented and built portable Kendrona rays for them. No, that's the thing they need. Why did he do that? That zero is a curse. Yeah, yeah, because he was just like, oh. Like, and, and I think the theme will start to show through that, like, the Andalite sort of, like, ego of, like, oh, we found this intelligent life. Aren't they cute? Let's tell them about the thing that they never even knew existed, other worlds and stuff, and then still expect them to, like, just chill here on their planet while we do whatever the fuck we want. You know what I mean? Like, of course the right. Yurks are going to want to fucking go. Right. <laughs> uh, so two years after that. So 1968. Correct. Vietnam is in full effect now. Uh, Aldrea, Aldrea uh, and her family are uh, arriving on a remote, out-of-the-way, unimportant planet, the Hork-Bajir homeworld. It was, Why is that not important? It's recently discovered. It's out of the way. There aren't really any intelligent life forms here or okay. like intelligent that really matters in any right. way as far as we know. Um, the Yurks obviously are not here. Like no one is interested in this is like the whole thing. Um, uh, it's technically called Sector 5 RG21578-4. No one can remember that. What do the locals call it? That's why they call it the hork homeworld. Oh, okay, okay. The, the <laughs> Andalites, they talk about that in the beginning. They're like, so what do we call this? I can't call it that. And um, Aldrea's mom, who is like a biologist, is like, we'll just follow the regular naming convention and name it after the predominant species on the planet. In this case, that is a race called the hork They're very primitive. They're not super intelligent. Like, that's what we know about them. They love to eat trees. Uh, so the planet itself, they, they are a primitive tree-dwelling species. The planet itself, she describes it as looking like, um, almost like like a grape that is burst. Like, like something hit it and like it poof, like popped out two of the sides of it. And yeah. the middle of the planet is like scrunched in. So there's like these huge valleys that kind of like cut into the planet, going kind of like around it and all over it. Um, and so the atmosphere itself is super thin, not too great, but as you descend into the valleys, um, it gets much thicker in the atmosphere because there are trees, like giant ass trees. The, like the rainforest is produce is the lungs of the planet. It produces enough oxygen that people can live there then. Yeah. So it's within these valleys that like the hork live amongst these, like, again, like gigantic thousands of feet tall trees. Cool. Yeah. Um, so they're here to like study the hork and like... 
quote unquote be on guard for any Yurk activity, but like everyone knows that this is that's like a bullshit thing to say. They're trying to send Ciro as a punishment out to some, you know, it's like it's like that kind of thing of like being like, oh, in Soviet Russia, you're gonna get sent to Siberia if you fuck up, like that kind of thing. Is this Siberia then? This is like the equivalent of that, yeah. I was gonna say it kind of feels like a Jane Goodall story. She's gonna go like hang out and watch these primitive sent, apes do their thing. They sent this prince and his family to this planet that no one should care about because we just want to get him the fuck out of here. Also, right. shit's kind of heating up right now, so, like, this might be a safe place for him and the family to lay low. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Doc Hami, we kind of switched to his point of view. Doc Hami ha- is a hork He has always been different. Um, he has thoughts that other hork typically don't have. Like, hey, what's what's above the sky? Oh, I thought, I thought, I thought he was going to be, I thought, I thought he was going to be gay. I was like, what is, no. what is, you know, okay, great. Yeah. It's so, so, so what it is is that it's, he's a seer. So, um, oh, okay. Every once in a while, there is just a hork who is, and everyone's like, oh, they're different. They're strange. And it's, it's, I mean, we'll find out what it is later, but it's, it's that like, they are sub- traditionally in hork culture. When someone is identified as a seer, we know that like, they are, they are supposedly supposed to like, be here to help shepherd and lead the hork through some kind of change or important time. He's a Moses, David. He's Kinda. a Moses. He's yeah. going to have to get them off this planet because they're going to get, they're, they're going to become uh, slaves. Yeah. So while harvesting bark, like cutting bark yeah, off the tree. Yeah, their, with, their, with their arm blades. Um, he saw the Andalite ship kind of descending and had no idea what it was. So we went to go see what it was. Uh, and um, he makes contact with them. Like they kind of like thought speak at him and he understands them. But he like speaks back and they don't understand him. Um, and then he runs home to like the elders uh, and all the elders agree that like, oh, this must be what you're for. Like this must be like the big thing that you, the different one, like is here for. So you should probably learn from these people or learn what they are and learn about them. Uh, so he goes back to the ship or goes back to where it was. The ship is now gone. It was just dropping them off. Right. Um, and there are four Andalites that remain there. Aldrea. Um, Prince Ciro, Aldrea's mom, who doesn't, I think, ever get a name, uh, and her brother, her younger brother, uh, Barafin. Is this when the Phil Collins music kicks in? Because he wants to, he's a, right, he wants he wants to know all about them. He wants yeah. to see this world because he doesn't know anything about it. Yeah, so they're like dug into the hill and like a I little. I want to know. Yeah. Can you show me? Is that the part of the that song? Is, that is the part, yeah. Oh, that's such a good song. Uh, so he goes with his friend Jagil, J-A-G-I-L. Yeah. Um, uh, and Good Aldrea. Jughead Gil. <laughs> yeah. And so Aldrea has Dak, like, explain, like, a tree, like, what it is and, like, do that so that, like, their technology can, like, start working on getting translations of their shit. He's like, oh, sure. we, need, we need him to say more words about stuff so that, like, we can start to calibrate. Um, and eventually they do. And so they kind of, like, can talk to each other. Uh, Aldrea explains, like, space and the stars and planets to him because he mentions, like, the sky flowers or something like that. She's like, oh, like, stars. Like, that's where we came from. Like, up there, space. There's, like, other planets. And he's like, the fuck is a planet? Like, uh, like you know what I mean? Right. So not, so not only are they telling this primitive people, like, the the magic of their universe. Oh, that's all science. FYI, these are other places. Mm-hmm. He's now going to find out he is but a blip in the bucket of time and space yep. and that a whole menagerie of creatures live out there. Yeah, and it literally, like, blows Dak's mind. He's like, that is, like, honestly when I felt like I awoke as a person. You know, like, like that's when I started to understand. And, and Jagil, his friend, does not get it. Does not understand. Like, his friend even, like, he drew in a way to show that he's, he's like, oh, I've always been different. Like, when I was younger, 
I, I, he essentially drew a picture of his friend, like, on a piece of tree of, like, with wood or whatever. He's like, hey, look. And he's like, Jagil, that's you. And he's like, no, it's not. And he's like, no, don't you see, like, that, that's you. It looks like you. No, I, like, no. I am me. That is a tree, you that fucking is, idiot. That is literally what he says. No, I am <laughs> that me. Is that, a that, tree. that is a tree. Yes, exactly. Me, McGill, that is a tree. He can't, he can't like, grasp the concept of that. Oh, very um, interesting. Yeah, uh, he's the he's the hundredth monkey. He's the smartest guy. He's got these seer abilities, but he also is also his brain is mutated. He's a mutant. He's an X Men, David. His brain damn. is bigger. You're getting it, man. You're getting it. Uh, so we then switch POVs again. Esplin nine four double six nine four double six nine four six six. Um, he explains his history to us. He was born in a yerk pool on a ship. After those events with Ciro, so like he's never been to the Yurk homeworld at this point. Like he's just a little grunt. He doesn't have a host even. He's just one of the thousands and thousands that's just swimming around in this pool. Do they go to school? Do they have activities? Yeah, he like learns you... and stuff. But like, do but they he's, watch? Yeah. Do they watch little tiny cell phone videos? What do they? They do like interface there? with their like little palpy things. Like, oh, okay. Onto, onto, yeah, they, it, that's how they do it, I guess. But, um, so, so they don't have enough hosts, like, for everyone. So he's just sitting in a tank trying to wait until he gets his chance to, like, be trained to have a host and then get one and then hopefully prove himself and then keep going. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if they rent him out and no one wants to get, like, the old body. They're like, oh, this body well, so here's, sucks. Here's what, they, here's what they do with old bodies is that's what they use for training. So he, one day, he gets called up to be like, hey, it's time to, like, learn how to take a host over. So they have a bunch of old and sick and, like, weak geds. So just that like you, they can't just, like, force them out right. Mm-hmm. Um, and his mind is blown by having, like, the, the feeling of having a body with limbs. And, like, then he experiences sight. Like, he, like, opens the part of the brain that was, like, interpreting sight. And he's like, holy shit. You can, like, see things. Like, this is crazy, you know? Um, And he, at that moment, decides that he will do anything to keep that feeling. Like, Uh, he can't go back in the dark kind of thing. You know what I mean? Espen 9466, I wonder if he changes his name to a character we know later on. You don't know. Yes, I do. You do not know. (laughs) (laughs) I will be in a body no matter what. No matter what. So he begins, like, pouring through computers um, to, like, learn everything he can um, to, like, get useful. Because he figures if he's useful, he'll be given a host body, obviously. Um, And he also uses it to, like, simulate sight. Like, he, like, kind of gets a simulation of, like, the sensation of sight. So he goes on to whatever their version of Wikipedia is and starts learning how to do jobs. And through, like, kind of reading just general, like, our general databases of stuff, he finds an old Andalite saying, uh, know your friends, but know your enemies better. Right? That's uh, a classic saying here on kind of like, keep your friends close, put your enemies closer, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so he decides, he's like, oh, I bet then that, like, soon we're going to be, like, an all-out war against the Andalites. So I am going to learn everything I fucking can about Andalites and be the Andalite expert so that when that time comes, I will be useful. He's like a guy that became, like, the head of Taliban studies in the year 2000. In a couple of years, you're going to be the guy we go to. (laughs) Uh, let's see. Um, oh, so a little update from Aldrea on, like, what's going on. Um, is she writing in her journal, her space journal? 
I mean, no, she's telling the story to us, the audience. But, oh, okay. Um, so uh, she says, we would get transmissions from the homeworld. So, like, uh, some time is going by, weeks, months, etc. Um, we would get transmissions from the homeworld, news that the Yerks had attacked a moon colonized by Skrit Na and taken additional ships and weapons. News that the Yerks had attacked and seized the, uh, a Hajabran colony ship. They attempted to infest the Hajabrans, but had failed because Hajabran brains are not centralized, but spread in small nodes throughout their bodies. They had left the Hajabrans to die. Their ship's life support had been knocked out in the attack, and Andalite uh, courier had come across the ship, drifting with 8,000 Hajabrans frozen in the vacuum of space. Oh, News that an, a group of Angakic minstrels had been taken and successfully infested. Fortunately for the Angakic race, they're long ago, they long ago abandoned their planet. They are entirely a nomadic spacefaring race now. The Yerks would have to hunt down literally millions of Angakic ships uh, spread in every direction throughout the galaxy. The Angakic race would survive. But my father kept insisting the Yerks on their homeworld have been peaceful these years since the attack destroyed his honor. Uh, so he's in denial. Um, He's in denial. And the Yerks are continuing to try to spread and, and infest and conquer. All uh, I place. also like that we got that little report from, like, the front lines of, like, successful day, not very successful with this alien race. One ship succeeded. Yeah, he, uh, he, her dad notes that her, like, data uploads and, like, reports, essentially, are, like, less frequent now. And she's like, well, I kind of feel like a spy. Like, I'm kind of becoming friends with Dakhami, this, like, hork because uh, you've been telling me to, like, hang out with him and learn about them so that I can, like, report. And it, like, feels weird to, like, be writing down our interactions and stuff. Uh, and she points out that, like, he is understanding and learning more and more every day. He's, like, actually crazy smart. And now he's, like, doing, like, fucking calculus and, like, crazy, like, he's he's getting it. He's like a man, Dad. He's, like, wants to, like, she, go to England. <laughs> she specifically is pointing out, like, oh, his, like, honestly, his mind is, like, rifling really smart Andalites. Like, he's not... Don't look down... Don't think he's dumb because he comes from the hork kind of thing. And also, don't underestimate your enemy. Yeah. Uh, Even though I don't think he's an enemy, enemies. but... They're yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, uh, and the hork are, like, super peaceful. They, like, never are aggressive to anyone. They, like... No, they're, they're, they're just living yeah. their bark life. Yeah. Uh, so she goes exploring with Doc and sees, like, a little... Almost like a bird-like thing. It's like a two-foot-long blue feathered thing with four legs and two long arms, like like scuttles along the branches, like of these trees. It's called a chadu. Ooh! Um, what do you do she, with the chadu? She asks Zach to catch it for. She's like, "Could you catch that?" And he's like, "Oh yeah!" And he like jumps up and like cuts a thing and gets some like sap in his hand, and it comes over to his hand, and he like picks it up and comes down and brings it to her. Um, and she's like, "Okay, hey, I'm gonna tell you a concept you might not know. Do you know what a secret is?" And he's like, "Nope." <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I thought she was gonna teach him how to like enslave this animal or something. Do you know about pets? Like, okay. No. She's like, it's a thing that you'll know, but you don't tell anyone, so that like just us know. And he's like, why would you do that? And she's like, sometimes you just want to keep stuff secret, like because you, know what I mean? you want to <laughs> secret of the definition of secret, David. I, I, didn't, I didn't. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about you it. You just want to keep it a secret. What's well, a secret? You keep something you keep between us that you don't tell other people, so that they don't know. Yeah, That's but why would you do that? To Keep secrets is what you said. What is a secret? secret. Sometimes you just want to keep one. Uh, So she goes, Is it like a plant? Like you keep a plant? I have a plant. (laughs) I have a secret. She goes, Great. Keep this secret. And she reaches out, touches, and acquires the Chidu. Oh, when she shows him what the Andalites can do. And she's like, I am going to turn into this in a second. Don't freak out. 
It's still me. It's still going to be me. Um, and she tells us as an audience that the Andalite morphing technology is still super new at this point, uh, where most Andalites don't even know about it or know kind of what its deal is. Uh, she has it because her friend's mom helped develop it, like, back in the day. And so Let's she, be like, real, David. She has it because she's fucking royalty and the royals have everything. They her. rule the world. She is a rich girl. But I think even her family, like, doesn't – her family members do not have it as well at this point. Or at and, least some of them don't. And I love that they – it's not – Magic. It is technology, technology. E- even though we don't understand what that means. We, we don't know how it works. Yeah. Um, something with Z-Space. Uh, yeah, Z-Space. Uh, so she morphs the Chidu, and because she's like, I want to see the planet from the trees, and this thing can fucking climb the trees. Andalites can't climb. Right. <laughs> um, and so they, like, go running up, and apparently this thing has, like, you know, like, flaps under its arms when it spreads out, kind of like a flying squirrel, so it can, like, fly glide, you know? So they go and running and jumping and gliding all over the place, and she has a great old time exploring the wonderful world of the hork Um And then she kind of looks down. She goes up to this, like, tall tree, and she looks down, and, like, the valley continues going down and down and down and down, like, into the planet. And eventually there's, like, a layer of, like, kind of blue mist that, like, obscures whatever is below it. And they call that the deep. Father deep. The deep. What's in the deep, David? That is exactly what Aldrea asks. And Dak is like, we don't know. Monsters is all we know. Right. It's always monsters. Yeah. What's down? Yeah. Scary thing that no one goes to? That's fucking monsters. There's something in the mist. Yeah. Uh, Right? Um... So uh, she, yeah, just terrors are in the deep. So Esplin, back to him, uh, is obsessively learning everything he can about Andalites and finally gets called to try out an experimental new host. Ooh, what is it? Is it a runner? Is it a runner body? It's a hork Bajir. Ooh, this new one they just found. So he goes in, he takes it over, and he's like, whoa, this is cooler than again. Like, its eyesight is better, it's stronger, it's taller, I like this, this is cool. But then he also notices its mind is much more active than again. Still primitive, and it doesn't understand really kind of what's happening to it. But, like, it's much more powerful mentally than he's, the, he's, the fucking Yeah, get. he's psychically interacting with another being, even though he is taking And, and one of the things he notices is that, like, he can't, like, it's not quiet. Like, it's constantly kind of trying to be like, hey, let me go. Like, what are you doing? What is this? Like, that right. kind of thing. So you got to so, hold on tighter to this mm-hmm. one. Um, and he has asked if this would be an effective weapon or form against Andalites. And he's like, yeah, I think this would be pretty good. Like, actually. He, 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 puts, his, he puts his blade arm and goes, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Yeah. Uh, and then and they're like, great, well then this these will like comprise a bunch of our shock troops for the new Yurk Empire. And he gets super stoked because it is the first time anyone has ever mentioned a Yurk Empire. And oh, he's like, wow. He's like, I was there when the the, the dream of the Yurk Empire was born. You know yeah, what I this mean? Is, like, this, is, this is whatever that tavern Hitler was in, drinking all yeah, that beer, yeah. getting the brown shirts together. So Aldrea's hanging out with Dak and hears like a low resonant sound, kind of like, echoing deep throughout the valley from the deep deep from the deep deep like, deep down just coming no just coming from the valley like it's a, like a deep sound um, okay uh, and she's like what is that and he's like oh it's the speaking trees um and they're these gigantic trees with big ass vines that they stretch like going all the way down and then they have hork bajir like up on the trees like going back and forth with essentially a huge bow and like playing it kind of like an instrument wow um, and it is how tribes in these valleys communicate to each other like tribe to tribe speaking tree to speaking tree uh and so how beautiful like, yeah she's like that's really cool uh and and he's like oh well it's a sad song tonight apparently another tribe has had three hork uh taken to father deep uh um, they weren't taken that's where the base is the bad guys are in the deep and then he's listening and he's like huh weird they're saying that they're it was new monsters they're 
small monsters not usually they're big and these ones i guess they david uh, this is like the radio bbc news everyone's getting the information for the day yeah he's like he's like they're small and they like moved weird it's kind of hard to say and she's like she aldrea immediately gets really concerned it's like can you like send a message back with the tree and he's like yeah kind of it doesn't really work like conversation but you sure he's like she's like ask if it ask if they walked as though one leg was longer than the others and he's like okay so he like has them do it and then they get the response yeah they get the response and he's like yes how did you know that and immediately she's like fuck the yurks are here like I have to gallop home. She, she, she does. She starts to explain, like, what the Yerks are doing. And then she's like, wait, they would be in orbit then if they're here. And if that's the case, it's, like, evening time, which is the time that my father sends his messages to the Andalite Oh, homeworld. no. That means that means something's going to happen to Uncle Ben and Aunt Peru. So she starts sprinting home. Uh, and she knows as she's on her way, she's like, it's already too late. It's already too late. Like, he's a punctual guy. Like, there's no way he's late in sending this message. He always sends it every day. Earlier on, he oh, he said, I always send my messages on time. That's what you can count about on about me. Flashback to a couple days earlier. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, Esplin has been a hork for a couple of days. Um, another hork controller uh, named Karger comes up and tells him uh, that they've intercepted an Andalite Broadwave. Oh, no, that's uh, on the planet! They know that there's an outpost of four, uh, and they are ordered to destroy them. Um, he also does mentions... Just, does destroy them mean take them over? Or does just, it mean just... It means destroy them. Okay. They, they, they are ordered to kill and destroy all four Andalites. Um, they also mention talks of... Uh, uh, he also mentions talk of, like, new ranks being yeah. made. Uh, uh, and the new ranks are called Vissers and Subvissers. Okay. Right? Um, so that's, that's a, the, the, the term visser is like a rank in your hierarchy. And I think we've learned this already, but like, so you, you're a, if you're a visser, you are a visser with a number after it and the lower the number, the higher ranked you are. So visser one, but, who we but, know but is how Marco's, many, right. But how many visers are there? Is there I like visser like, 99? I think there's like 47 or something like that at the, uh, four, the top when, 47. When, we, when, when Axe tells us about it, he was aware of at least like 40 something visers. Okay. Yeah. So, and Visser 1 so, is Marco's mom, So right? more so, people could be given the title of Visser if they... If they expand, yeah. And then sure. under a Visser, you have your sub-Vissers, and they all report to that Visser. Right? You know, I'm looking at your resume here. I think there's a pretty good chance you can make Visser this year. Maybe. I've been a, I've been a, a loyal sub-Visser for the last 10 years, and, it looks, you know... You've been doing... Your record's really like you good. the Visser thing to someone who just just recently became a subvisor and i just want to know is there something that i'm doing wrong here or what's going on no 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 <laughs> don't don't put that pressure on yourself you're doing fine mm-hmm. uh so so uh he is sent they are sent the two of them carger and um esplin mm-hmm. are sent in a fighter with two ged pilots um they approach like low and quiet on the planet like trying to stay under the radar fly slow so you're not making a bunch of noise um, they like kind of like scan the residents and they're like, we got three of them here. And Carger's like, yeah, let's fucking blow them up. And Esplin is like, wait, there's supposed to be four. Don't give away our position yet. Wait until the fourth one is there. He's like, oh, it's probably inside. And, and, and Esplin is like, no, I'm the expert on Andalites. They don't go inside if they don't have to. Like they don't do that. They like open spaces. Like I know this about them. Uh, it's so funny. I've never thought about their activities as an animal before we've always known i've only ever thought about them as these higher beings uh also yes if there's only three people there one of us missing just listen yeah. to this guy 
And Carger like says something like, "Oh, you must love Andalites. You know so much about them." And then turns to the Geds and is like, "I order you as a subvisor to fire now." And they're like, oh, oh, "Okay." Like, uh, you know, um, and he's boss. And he's not even necessarily he's a subvisor. Yeah, right? he's he just not. claims it. So uh, Aldrea is running, and she's like getting there, and she sees she sees her homestead. She sees her father and standing the, there, kind of it, peering off into the woods. She sees her brother majestic. playing a video game. Her mom, and like in the kitchen, like looking at some samples. She's like, making blue she milk, did. and then the lasers come and down. And then the lasers fire, and the whole place explodes and vaporizes. Question. Yes. Are the lasers a? Bur- is it like one laser that goes like shwang, or is it like? Is it lots it of little fires? Light? It fires uh, like one big, powerful like laser that like lances into the the structure. Oh, and the way so she it describes that... it is that she can hear the like air and stuff like in the walls and in the place like superheat so quick that just everything. Boom. So we see that moment where her dad goes like, "Huh?" and her brother looks up. And her and dad, her dad like... turns and looks at her and goes, "Oh, Aldrea!" Boom. Yeah, yeah. and mom right? goes. Dinner's ready. And the last thing she sees, yeah, before she's like blown aside, right, is is her family getting wasted. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Dak like pulls her away and like and it's like, yo, like we gotta go. Whoever did this is probably gonna come back to like check the area and try to finish the job if you're here, right? So like, let's go. Um, uh, and she's like, uh, oh, and, and she's like, he's like, please, like, I need you to help me understand the fuck is going on, like. Five seconds ago, you told me that Yurks exist, and apparently they did this, so, like, you gotta fill me in. And she's like, I well, and she's super pissed right now, right? So she's like, I'm not gonna help you understand them. I will help you destroy them. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then she puts a Rambo bandana across her head, and she puts some blood and, like, the blood of her parents on her cheeks. (laughs) there, There is none. They were, like, vaporized. She takes the ash and puts like a hand handprints on her for each of her fallen comrades. <laughs> um, as they run, Dak realizes he's like, "I am not ready to lead against whatever the fuck this is. Like, I, I, this is not my time." Uh, and so they kind of stop, and he's like, I, "I don't know what's happening." They're like in the woods, and two other Horkpajir kind of walk up to them, and and Dak is like, "Hey, like, I don't uh, recognize you. Are you guys like from another tribe? Like, what's up? Hey, like, don't." Uh, don't be afraid, and and, and they keeps, jab him. One and of them put keeps walking up, and it's like, oh, I'm not afraid, and slashes him like uh. with his with his thing, and he like freezes, like he he like he he literally because we're from his point of view in this chapter, he's like he's like, why would the, he cut me? I didn't even know There's that that no, was possible. Right. Like There's it was, no, it was right. clearly why would, not why, an accident. Why would a, like, it's why, a random act of violence. Why would that happen to me? We've never done that before. No Hork-Bajir in the history of our race has ever intentionally cut another Hork-Bajir. Ever. Right. Like, this is unheard of. Friends um, don't cut people, David. Friends don't cut people. Exactly. Exactly right. Uh, and so they turn to attack Aldrea, um, and it takes Dak like a minute to kind of come to terms with the idea of cutting something on purpose. Um, and Dak like saves her at the last second. Like they're they're both kind of like cornering her in, and Dak jumps on the back of one of them and like severs his spine in the middle of his oh. back, and he just like goes limp onto the ground. And the other one fucking runs, and the one that is on the ground yells at the one that is running, "Carger, you coward!" Oh, okay, that was the that so was the, the other on the guy. Ground is Esplin. Oh, yep. Espen, you're dead, baby. You're gonna die. So, you're gonna die here in the woods. Two Geds shamble up with like handheld lasers, the shredders. Um, so they're like, "We gotta go. It's time to run. <laughs> can't can't beat that." Um, so Aldrea, before they run, like looks down at 
the Esplin Hork Bajir and is like, you know, does like a whole like, go tell your masters who did this to you. My name is Aldrea, daughter of Prince Zero, and I will be the end of you. You're like that kind of shit. Um, and then puts a horse hoof through his head. No, she just runs. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> after escaping, um, uh, Aldrea explains like how the Yerks work and what they're about to Dak. Um, and Dak realizes that his people's unintelligence like will be a big downfall <laughs> in this. Yeah. Uh, or lack of intelligence, really. Um, uh, and, like, bemoans what Aldrea is telling him, which is, the, like, hey, you need to get your people ready to, like, fight these things and destroy and, these and things. That is it. And, he, that and is... he's literally, like, that will be the end of my people. Like, and she's yeah. like, no, we'll, like, save them. She's like, no, either we become slaves or we become killers. Like, this, there's two ways for this, and both of them are the end of the hork right? Like, Yeah. Exactly so. like those robots that took care of the dogs. Exactly right. Exactly like those robot dogs. (laughs) It's almost like there's a theme throughout these books that war changes people. It's almost like war (laughs) is bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So Morgads um, uh, and Hork-Bajir controllers, like, find them. uh, And so they're, like, coming from up the hill, so they have to keep running downward. Um, and they're I'm letting forced... you know this all feels like a Vietnam story. That Dude. jungle just to me feels like the, they all are the... forced to run into Father Deep. Oh uh, no, they can't go down there. They don't know what's down there. But not before a couple more like innocent Hork-Bajir who are like kind of hanging out. They like run by them, and then the innocent ones get like fucking blasted with lasers. And shit. Yeah, of course, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the air gets like a lot thicker down in the mist. The temperature is starting to get warmer. Um, they run into a Ged who like, because it's really hard to see. So they like run into a Ged and the Ged is like, oh, and like shoots to like fire like at them. And there's like a, like kind of like a flash at the front of the shredder. And then the Ged is like screaming. Uh, and Aldrea's like, oh, the mist must have like bounced back on this, like the, the laser on this thick air because they're designed for like being shot in the vacuum of space or like in a very oh. clear atmosphere. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, these are analyte weapons that are like yeah, their light yeah. based weapons don't work here. <laughs> um, so uh, they run into a few more, uh, like two more Geds and Karger, the Horkbajir coward Karger, um, who tells the Geds like, "Hey, wait till they're really up close to fire. It will work then. Obviously, like if they're like within five feet of you, then like that will right. probably work." Uh, Dak gets knocked down, and Karger like stands over him, like about to like slash him, and then. Karger suddenly gets just yanked up, like straight up off the ground. And Dak sees two big, huge, three-fingered hands, like, grabbing him around the waist. Mm, those are monster hands, David. Those are monster hands. It's the Jubba Jubba. The Jubba Jubbas? It's the Jubba Jubba. Uh, and he hears a roar, and then a hork body falls in front of him with no head. Yeah, just straight. <laughs> oh, does it look like it was, uh, like, flicked, popped off, or bit off? Either ripped or bit off, but, like, okay. yeah, now headless. All awful. All yeah. awful way to lose your heads. Um, the Jubba Jubba then grabs one of the Geds, and, like, l- you see him get, like, lifted up into the mist, like, out of sight, and that body just straight up doesn't come back. There is yeah, you no, hear, like, a... <laughs> there is no, yeah, it's yeah. Not, yeah. Um, all, uh, it then reaches back down for Dak, and Aldrea runs up and, like, hits it three times with her tail blade and, like, hacks it off. Uh, at this Ooh. point, we kind of learn and realize that female Andalite tail blades are a lot, like, smaller and sort of, like, thinner than male ones. So she's like, ugh. Like, she's like, he's like, wow, you saved me. Like, no one has ever done damage like that to a Jabba Jabba. You're, like, literally a mythical hero now. Like, <laughs> to my people. Right. You, you are like, the yeah. same. We will speak about you for eons of my people. Oh, I should have pointed out in the beginning of the story, Aldrea's like, female Andalites always become, like, scientists and analysts. But I want to be a fucking warrior. Like, that kind of shit. 
Um, Got it. So, yeah. so it's like a good like. Yeah, she's like, oh yeah, and she kind of like is down in herself of like, I did do it, but it took me three hits. A male would have been able to do it in one because their tail is stronger and bigger. Like, girl, don't get down no, on yourself. I know she did fucking. She beat a jubba jubba. She fucking killed a jubba jubba. I couldn't beat a jubba jubba. Fucking I... Carger couldn't beat a jubba jubba. Carger gonna beat right? shit. <laughs> so uh, uh, they continue downward into f- deeper into Father Deep, mm, um, deeper into Jabba Jabba territory. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Aldrea says they need to find a way to like steal a Yerk ship to contact the Andalites because that's the only way to get a message out. Uh, and she says it though, like because she's trying to keep Dak like on her side to help her in this. Um, so she kind of says that as like a almost like a bribe because she knows that Dak has always wanted to go to space and like see space. Um, right, and, so and this Dak, is the carrot. This is the carrot that will intrigue him. And Dak calls her out on it and is like, "Hey, like you don't have to do that. You don't have to try to bribe me with something." Like, and he literally says, "Don't you know that I would sacrifice anything for you already?" And she's like, "Oh," and she like feels like really fucking bad about it, but she's also still completely furious that her family just died ten minutes ago. So like, she's kind of not. She's really very thinking. emotional. She's very, she's very emo. David, cue the Simple Plan song. He would do anything <laughs> for her, okay? Anything. Oh, you mean this Simple Plan song? Wait a second. Am I confusing Simple Plan with another band? Am I thinking... Am I thinking of the All American Rejects? No, I no. I was just I. What you don't know is that I just played S Club Seven. When, don't when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mean that one. Well, that's what it is. Uh, so, so the mist starts to thin out, um, and eventually they find like a sheer clip, like drop off, like just straight down. Literally the edge of the world, for sure. lack of a better term. Uh, and they look over, and the very bottom is a long, long drop, and at the end of it is the literal molten planet core. Like, they yeah, are. Yeah, there yeah. it is, right? That's the ma- that's where you have to get rid of the chosen ring. But as they look down along the cliffs, they see a bunch of, like, stairways and doorways and windows and arches, and they don't see anyone on them. There's no hubbub. There's nothing seeming in there. But, but there's, like, structures within these cliffs. is living there. So, Esplin is found and brought back to, like, the York ship. Uh, he's, like, debriefed by his superiors. They keep asking him, like, what happened and shit. And he's like, here's what happened. This is the deal. Cargo's that my like piece idiot. of shit manager decided yeah. that we were going to rush dead. up. They found his body. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's clearly dead now. Um, so uh, after a few days in a York pool, he's given a new host, a new hork host, uh, and told to hunt down the Andalite, that last Andalite. And as a reward, he will become a subvisor. No! He realizes um, that uh, hosts are starting to become kind of another symbol of your rank. Yes. The higher rank you are, the better host you're going to end up getting, like in this yeah. York empire that is starting to build. Yeah. Because clearly a Hork-Bajir is a way better host than a Ged. Right. Um, uh, and he decides, hey, they're like, how many, how many like soldiers do you need like to do this mission? And he's like, none. I'm going to infiltrate them like a spy. Because <laughs> in his mind, he tells them, yeah. and he tells his superiors, like, I'm going to infiltrate them and then kill her. Like, right. fucking easy. And in his mind, he's like, look, if if your rank is going to be determined kind of by, like, what host you're in, I'm going to go get an Andalite host. I'm uh, going to fucking be the one. And also, uh, if 
if him and a small team do this, good job, team. You guys get this thing. All this credit, if though. you yeah. do it by yourself, here you hero go. Status. Here, yeah, that's, that's hero fuck status. Fuck Visser. You're a Visser now, bud. Like you know. Yeah, what I mean? you go like, right to Visser. If he you goes by go. himself and comes back with a and the only ever Andalite host, oof, boy, oof. He's the Michael Jordan. He's the goat. <laughs> Uh, so he's going to take Aldrea as a host. Is his plan. Aldrea and Dak explore the walkways. It seems deserted. Um, they find, like, a big-ass open room, like, a big, huge open, like, cavernous room. They go in. They're like, hey, this is a good place to, like, sleep because at least it's, like, open and not super cramped. Um, right. So Aldrea takes the first watch. She has time to, like, sit in her emotions and reflect a little bit. Um, she starts to kind of have feelings for Dak. Uh, but dismisses them as just like, I'm lonely, I'm at that age where I'm supposed to think about boys, and also, like, I just suffered a huge emotional trauma, like, <laughs> like I need to fucking chill. Um, and then she goes to sleep, and it's Dak's turn to watch and think, um, and he kind of has his little reflection moment, but nothing as fun as hers. Um, and eventually, it starts getting lighter, uh, and he realizes that there's a shaft in the ceiling that goes all the way up to where it can see the sky, and it's like, that's like miles you know what i mean like yeah um and the the light is sort of like reflecting and shining down like through it and it's, they realize that the walls of this shaft is like diamonds and like gems and like like very reflective material like as it's coming down kind of like almost to bring a light down to whoever's living in that cave town that's right jumba jumba island the the light starts to fill the cavern and they are able to now see the walls which are like really cool patterns uh and then it turns out that those patterns look like wings and oh my god they are uh and there's oh like, is this where the is this where the 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 the, the flying squirrels live uh well okay so uh it so the the the, the walls are all these like wings of things and then at the same there's like ten thousand of them like covering these walls all around them and at the same moment the same exact moment the eyes on all of them open oh it's a monster <laughs> it's a jumpa jumpa and they all start kind of falling and plopping onto the floor and they look like big ass chadus or at least like a big like ancient relative of those chadus the underground chadus yeah uh and a few of them uh, most of them just ignore them and start kind of scuttling around and like a few of them kind of like walk up towards them uh and a big like purple one kind of like walks up and talks to them uh and is uh asks them like what they're doing here um and is kind of a pompous dick about it of like they're like, oh my god, you talk. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I talk. You can understand me, so answer my question. Like, like it's like very, like it's very, very. Like, yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Of, yeah. Like, what shitty, are you doing here? I'm a shitty intellectual, and you're so below me. Just answer my fucking question, so I can yeah, get on my way. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like that's the the vibe. Uh, and so uh, he is named Quats. Oh, Jesus Christ, uh, Quats. Quats. Jesus Christ. That's an amazing <laughs> name. Quats Hinnikin. Quats Hinnikin. Q-U-A-T-Z-H-I-N-N-I-K-O-N. Quatinikin. Yeah, that's, yeah, Quatinikin. Uh, he is a member of a race called the Arn. A-R-N. The Arn. A-R-N. Um, he talks about how, uh, like, they aren't a part of, they're like, he's like, get get out of here. Like, you're not a part of the balance that we've created for this place. Get the fuck out of here. You're going to ruin everything. Like, this is all carefully curated, you know? Um, and he mentioned, and uh, he mentions uh, that they, the Arn, created the creatures that are in the mist. They created the Jumba Jumbas. The uh, the Jumba Jumbas, yes. The Jumba Jumbas. Aldrea threatens him for answers. She like puts her fucking blade to him and is like, he's like, you threaten me? And Dak is about to be like, no, no, no. Like trying to calm things down. And she's like, yes. Yes. I'm <laughs> yeah. Tell me the fuck. 
everything. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> David, um, if this was uh, if this was a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, I believe that's when you roll initiative, right? Uh, it, well, you'd roll an intimidate check at that point. When you put a knife to someone's neck and say, "Yeah, this is gonna happen," and you say, "No," and you say, "Give me answers, or I cut you." Yeah, then you see if they. Oh, I thought I thought those would be fighting words. I mean, it could be. They could. Yeah. They could pass their intimidate check and decide to throw hands. You can uh, try. <laughs> you can try. Uh, so um, that he leads them to like a kind of computer ish thing, um, and shows. But it's them... like Vine technology, like rock uh, sure. technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, she shows them. Um, he he shows them the uh, like a, a video essentially of the planet, but it's not all fucked up. Like it's been hit by an asteroid. Oh, he has the he has video of when it was a grape. So thousands of years ago, they knew on this planet, the Arn were here, and they knew of an asteroid that kept having, like, near misses with this planet. And every year they'd have to, like, recalculate and just hope it doesn't hit next year. You know what I mean? Um, and so some of the Arn went and were put in, like, stasis hibernation on the moon of the planet and were there for, like, a few thousand years. And when they woke up, the planet was fucking fucked up because oh, eventually it did yeah. hit. And okay. so, so somebody messed up one of those years they fucked up. Uh, so the Arn were like, well, we need to regulate this atmosphere on the planet. Like, it's all gone crazy. So they made giant-ass trees. And to do that, they needed uh, something to tend the trees to make sure the they, trees were maintained. Oh, no! They're genetically engineered slave people that have no souls! They were only made to tend fucking gardens! So what they have found are the creators of the hork who made them just to be tree tenders. Yep. No! And they in intentionally made them... Very unintelligent because oh. they don't need intelligence to just do their fucking job. Oh, everything in your culture is a fucking lie! <laughs> David! And then they made the monsters in the mist and the layer of mist to keep the hork away from them. Dumb dummy, dumb dums, they won't come down here, it's too scary! Seers, like Dak is... Oh, he's like a Neo, right? He's a fucking flaw in the- accidental. No, you're they, an accident! They couldn't totally eradicate the intelligence gene, so one in oh. every 10,000 ends up being a seer. Quote-unquote oh. a seer. One who just is normal or higher intelligence. Which also means, like, in, in his life, he's now realized that he is doomed- the thing be, that made right. him different is just that he's smart and no one else can. Be. Right, but he will always be smarter. He will never mm -hmm. connect with anyone mm -hmm. of his race. Mm -hmm. The chances mm -hmm. of there being another one in 10,000 is very little. So they ask him how the Arn control the creatures in the mist. And Dak points out that, like, the Yurks are not going to stop. Like, once they get all the hork they're not going to stop at the mist. They're not going to be scared of your fucking monsters. Like, they're coming for you. Uh, uh, and that's where we leave off there. Um Esplin doesn't take any troops, decides to go undercover, and finds it is embarrassingly easy to be undercover as a hork -Bajir. He literally walks up to a group of hork and they go, hello, and he goes, great, hi, I'm back, and they go, yes, you're back, and then he's just in. Uh, so, <laughs> so, and he literally Infiltration like, complete! He literally is like, the first person I talked to told me about all about Dakami. And like yeah. who I'm looking for, uh, so, so it's like okay. Um, he also they also mentioned his friend Jagil, who they he looked for but could not find. Um, yeah, the Yurks then set up a Yurk pool here uh, on the planet. Got to set up the food center. Uh, the way they do it, it is, feels so Starcrafty. Like set up the resource pool so that well, more Yurklings can be. And he points out that the Hork are so simple and trusting that they do all the fucking investing out in the open, and they're just. 
getting host after host after host because Hork Bajira just dumb and will line up for this and just do it and then they don't yeah like you know uh, almost like they were engineered this way uh huh um, and the way they set up this yerk pool is they cut down one of the speaking trees the big ass uh, pool I know it uh, makes me so sad uh, it feels like when they were cutting the trees in Lord of the Rings because uh. the, the, the tree itself the speaking tree is special because A it's so big and B it's hollow inside which is why it resonates so well so they cut down this big-ass hollow tree, they cut off the huge ends of it so they only have, like, a 200-foot section of it, and then they shave off, like, the like if it's laying on its side, they shave off, like, the top of it, so it's almost like a trough, kind of like a, a, a tub, essentially and that's a big-ass wood tub, and they fill that with the yerk water. Yep. Oh, the most disrespectful. Yeah, most it's, like, awful. Taking your shit in the fucking temple. It's disgusting. <laughs> They're infecting right in the open. They learn who Dak is. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Esplin is like, I, you know, so he's like, hey, so for what happens next in this story, I wasn't in charge of the Yerk pool. Um, uh, to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't have done anything different than the guy who was, but I'm lucky I wasn't because that guy is super dead now. What, uh, oh, because he, fu- he fucked up something? Because something. of what is about to happen. Okay. There's got to be a dam or, like, the the uh, tree or something. And he mentions that the guy is super dead now because he has been punished severely. And the mm. way he was punished was to be Candrona-starved over weeks of time. Oh, the worst, So they the probably worst would give him just enough to keep him alive. You know what I mean? Like, uh, very Yeah, awful. some, like, Greek, some Greek mythology we torture. when Jake had the, the yerk and they had to starve it out, like, it took, like, three days to starve it out. But, like, it was so traumatizing for all people involved <laughs> in that right. process, right? Give him a little, little eyedropper, though. Keep like going. became one with his mind, right? Ugh. Uh, uh, so Esplin is standing with his twin. That is why he's double six, nine four double six. Oh, okay. Uh, because he has a twin. He is the primary twin. He points out, but he. Oh, has okay. Oh, okay. They all want to be the primary twin, I, know, I guess. Right? Um. Uh. He so he's standing there like joking around with his twin, kind of like near this New York pool. Um. When they hear like screams and shredder blasts coming from the woods. Uh. Then I have more to read. And then they appeared. You could have no possible idea how horrifying that sight was. A line of creatures advanced, but creatures like nothing I'd ever imagined. Huge, freakish, foul creatures with twisted bodies and massive bristling horns. Uh, uh, I should, I should, oh, did I? Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh... Uh, but frightening as the, this weird army was, what frightened me more, uh, what made it seem all terribly dangerous, was a small, bluish-purple figure standing at the head of this mob, a single Andalite girl. Beside her stood a lumbering hork I assumed must be Dakami. It was Aldrea, the daughter of Ciro. She seems beautiful to me. Is that strange? I suppose it is. But there's a compelling beauty in the sight of someone seemingly so small and yet dangerous. And even I, her enemy, could not help but being impressed by the sweet irony of it all. Ciro, who had freed us without knowing his peril, was now replaced by Aldrea, who would send us back to the Yerk pools or to death. Yes, there was something beautiful in that small, delicate, dangerous creature. Someday, I would tell her how I'd felt at this awesome moment. Someday, I would live inside her head, and I would tell her that I had admired her on this day. Someday, when she was my host. That's creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's, not, it's not sexual, but... No, but it's definitely like, yeah, but that, but it's the, almost it's, it's, romantic. Yeah, and it's, it's like a love so, at first sight, but in a super predatory way. Yeah, but it's like a supernatural <laughs> wanting to take her, like, right, like, you will be mine, right? But, like, mine, mine, like, yeah, yeah. mind, body, and soul. Yeah. So, Aldrea and Dak, we're going to kind of flash back to now before this. Okay. Aldrea and Dak had spent a day learning, like, the mind control techniques that the Arn use on the monsters. They put little, like, implants in their heads to, like, do it. Um uh, they took another two days to gather them from around the mist. They gather uh, over a hundred of them. 
100 monsters? Yes, and there are a whole bunch of different kinds. I'm about to describe them all to you. Yeah, there's going to be big ones, little ones, ones with three arms, because they're all fucking genetically engineered. They were a circus of twisted DNA. Ugh, the arm had not missed a trick. The Jubba Jubba, like three-fingered monstrosities that attacked us. The Galalash, 14 feet tall with green and red reptilian flesh and razored tentacles. The Gorks, only three feet tall, but 20 feet across, shuffling 12-legged horrors with snapping, extending mouths on all sides. Let's hear it for the Gorks! There was a monster called a Lerdathak, a bizarre tangle of living vines surrounded by a ravenous mouth. We've seen that. In the one where they travel, like, through that, like, weird time jump thing where Jake, like, they all died and they, like, Jake, oh, like, dies right. and then get, goes back in time. Uh, that big vine monster that Visser 3 eventually turned into in that book was a Lairdathak. Oh. Mm-hmm. I was about to ask you if that was the planet that they went to. They were on that planet where everyone died. No, they were died. in the jungle on okay, in okay. America. Uh, not in America. South <laughs> in, America. On the world, yeah. Um, uh, One of the Americas. And then there were things like the Hork-Bajir had never seen long enough to name. Things with mouths that could chew down a tree. Things with needle-sharp quills and ten feet long. Things that squirted acid. It was a sad, sick collection. Uh, H.P. Lovecraft shit. This is galactic horror beasts. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, they're, they're like marching up the valley with all these monsters and all these Hork-Bajir are kind of like watching from the trees, kind of like frightened and freaked out and like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, and so Dak calls to them to like, hey, follow us and watch and learn, like, you know, and then Aldria calls to all of them and says like, do as he does. And she starts like repeating that over and over, like, this is your seer, do as he does, do as he does. And then Dak is like, oh, you're, that's smart, actually, you figured out that my dumbass Hork-Bajir's respond a lot to repeated commands right like right yeah they'd be uh, great at a rap concert though because you'd be like get your hands up put your hands up they're like my hands are up my hands are up <laughs> you ready to burn this house down we're burning the house down <laughs> um so then uh she says to um, Dak, they're like talking kind of like pre-battle like as they're going through it. When the battle begins I will race for the closest park spacecraft. The most important thing is that we get a message out to the Andalite fleet. Everything rests on that. It will be up to you to carry on the battle once it has started. You must not weaken. Attack, attack, attack. Don't give the Yurks a chance to regroup. Don't forget, the hork in that camp are not hork They are Yurks. Dak nodded his horned head. Have you fought in many battles, Aldria? I was surprised by the question. No, of course not, but I've studied Have you ever killed a fellow Andalite? No, why would you... Okay, well, you asked me to kill my own people today and to lead my people in killing their brothers. You say they are not Hork-Bajir, but Yurks, but when the dead have given up their souls to Mother Sky, there will be Hork-Bajir bodies lying dead. And so Dak is kind of pointing out, like, listen, don't... Don't do that. (laughs) Don't, like, pretend like this is nothing and this is easy. And she's expecting a little bit too much out of... Yeah, and she even says... Yeah, she even says, it's too late to be worrying about all that. This is a war. If you want your people to survive, you will. And he cuts her off and says, be quiet. He didn't shout. He said it calmly in a low voice. These are my people who will die today. Be quiet, Andalite. Be quiet. Right. She doesn't <laughs> She doesn't understand that they don't even have genetically have the ability to yeah. fight back. He is going to like, watch. They, they are going to have their minds blown by the idea of Hork-Bajir on Hork-Bajir violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, Uh, And also, yeah, and that, like, this holocaust of his people is going to happen by people walking in a line to get aliens inside of their heads because they won't know what else to do. Right. So, 
Dak, uh, they charge to the York pool. Um, Aldrea runs off to the, the ship that is uh, kind of like parked behind it, let's say to the left. Uh, <laughs> Dak leads a charge up onto the tree, um, <clears throat> and he is attacked by like a hork controller. Um, and the hork in the trees, the free ones, see him kill the controller. And then they all start shouting, do as he does, do as he oh, does. Oh no! And then they, they drop down from the trees and the fucking real battle starts. So the ones in the trees are now fighting the controllers because mm-hmm. okay because Ugh. they saw the seer do this. This is real. Play that, sp- David. Uh, and play monsters the- are also running up and like right, fucking, right, right. But yeah. you got to play that sad civil war song, that violin song, because it's brothers versus brothers, David. <laughs> it, was, it, uh, was the, it was it was it was the worst of times. It was the best of times. But everything's bad now. That the brothers. Tale of Two Cities absolutely did not take place. I the know civil it's war. whatever that sad <laughs> violin song that everyone's hearing right now. That sure. song. This type in civil. War sad uh, violin song and it'll pipe up. Sad anything. No, it'll it'll pop up. It's the one song. Oh, you know what I found when I typed in Civil War? No, don't. Episodes on Marvel's Civil War. Oh, how nice! Look at that. Look at that plug. Uh, All right, Uh, Aldrea rushes to the ship, powers it on, opens the communicator to the Andalite fleet and homeworld, and then immediately is attacked by a Horkbashir controller. It's Esplin. Okay. Um, She's knocked down and, like, kicked to stay down kind of thing. Um, Esplin stops the communication uh, and starts to power up the weapons and thrusters to turn this ship onto the monsters. Um, he notices too late, however, that Aldrea, in, like, the corner of the ship while he's, like, doing the buttons and shit, is transforming. What is she turning into? A Jubba Jubba. Oh, three-finger monster <laughs> coming for your life. Uh, the Yurks don't know at this point about the morphing technology. They, like, that is not a thing that they know exists. Um, Aldrea picks him up and squeezes him super hard, um, choking him until he passes out. But she does not ensure that he is dead and just throws his body out the hatch. And what do you, we know? You what got, is the rule for this podcast? Yeah, that's right. No, no corpse, body, body, no corpse. Yeah, yeah, you have to go check. Mm-hmm. Uh, she reopens the message, gets the message out to the Andalites that the Yurks are here on the hork homeworld. homeworld. Um, meanwhile, Dak is continuing the fight. Um, he sees the fighter lift off and come, like, swing around to, like, bear on the crowd. And he's like, ooh, I don't know who's controlling there, I don't know. Um, yeah. And then he hears Aldrea, like, in thought speak. He's like, Dak, get everybody off of the log. And so he has everyone jump off of the, the Yurk pool log. And she fires the beams into the pool, like, sizzling and boiling it. The it- lasers that killed her family she's yep. now using and demolishes millions? I mean, however many are in Thousands the pool. At least. Yeah, Thousands. Just- <laughs> and, the, and the log itself, like, blows and splinters and you Yurks, like, pour out onto the ground, like, at the feet of all the Hork-Bajir. Um, and Jagil, who, Dak, it's really sad, like, in his telling of this, he's like, Jagil, oh, sweet Jagil, is the one who gives the order and yells and says, kill them! And everyone starts, like, stomping and cutting these Yurks all over the ground. And it's like, a, Dak is, like, telling it like it's a horrifying image. And even Aldrea, when she comes up, who's, like, very, like, wants to kill Yurks right now, right? Like, comes up and is like, oh, we should probably get going. It's like, different is... when you shoot a gun at something or when you kill it hand to hand. They just, like, have these little slugs on the ground. Yeah, yeah right? and they're sliced open everywhere. Uh, seven months later. Seven months later! Yes, so seven months passes. Now, when Aldrea got the message out, she had told Dak, like, it should take maybe, like, two months. To get Andalites here to help. Seven months, Seven months later. later. Uh, Aldrea and Dak are continuing leading Free Hork-Bajir in guerrilla warfare <laughs> against the Yurks, 
but they are slowly losing because the Yerks just keep getting more and more Hork-Bajir from other valleys, from other parts of the planet. They start developing their own versions of the Shredder laser technology into what becomes known as Draken Beams. Yeah. Uh, they start developing their own ships in what become known as Bug Fighters. Yeah. So all this stuff happens. This is like the beginning of the Empire. They start developing a special ship that will become known as the Blade Ship. Yeah, yep, and it's yep, kind yep, of yep. modeled after Hork Bajir, which is now what makes sense. Why it's the blade yep, yep, ship? Yep. That's why it's a blade ship because it was made by those Hork Bajir. Uh, so the Hork Bajir army, uh, and that's why they're all like made to like four Hork Bajir pilots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the Hork Bajir army is staying with the Arn down in the mist in their place. So all these little bugs who are like bird bug things that like hate this are like scuttling around <laughs> while they're like having their little rebel base down here. Right. Um, and specifically, uh, Quatsinikin, uh do not want them here. They say they'll bring the war here, and Dak is like, the war is going to come here one way or the other, you know? Right. Um, and the Arn, Qu- uh, Quatsinikin is like, well, yeah, but we are going to be fine. The Yorks are going to leave us alone. He's like, why? Uh, and he's like, because we're like, it's like, the thing with the Arn is instead of like mastering physics and technology, they mastered biology, which is why they're able to make these fucking monsters and shit. Um, but they were only able to get to their moon before the asteroid destroyed their planet. Right. So they're like, yeah. So what we did is we have genetically engineered ourselves to have, uh, one of our blood vessels in our brain is like super weak. So any amount of pressure on it, will just burst it. So, so they're all the going to just figure out that they can't infest us, and then they'll just leave us alone. And Dak is like, "They're not going to leave you alone. They're going to burst every single one of your heads <laughs> open, and then move on to the next planet." Uh, Jagil, friend Jagil, uh, is now uh, like in a couple in a relationship with. Delph. Oh, a Jagil friend. Yeah, yeah, Jagil friend. Um, uh, with another hork bajir named Delph Hajul. Ooh. Mm-hmm. In their army of free hork bajir, there are at this point only. About 42 of them left. Oh my, oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Dak and Aldrea bring a dead hork uh up to like bury in tree roots. It's like their tradition. Yeah. Um, and Dak notices that the sky flowers, aka the stars, are behaving strangely tonight. And they look up and they see a bunch of like swift moving lights and bright beams and explosions that are like far off. Space battle. That's it a, space a space battle. battle. Yep. And, and Aldrea's like, oh my god, the Andalites must be here. And a fighter lands and the Andalite inside is like, hey, you must be Aldrea. Come up and see the commander and say goodbye to your pet. Like in motions at Dak. Oh. And and Dak is like, fuck you and your commander. If he wants to talk to us, he can come the fuck down here. What, what does she do? Does she go and or does Aldrea she stay? Aldrea is like, yeah, I guess what he said. And the Andalite's like, okay. And so then, like, they come back. It works. Like, <laughs> they do come back. Who's our commander? So, oh, and because the reason Doc says fuck you is, like, we've been patient enough. Like, you were supposed to get here in two months, and it took seven. So It's been you five can, you can more months than agreed upon. And he tells Aldrea... Like, mark my words, my people are just going to become pawns in this war between you and the Yerks. And she's like, no, 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 my people will never do that. And and he's like, mm, okay, yeah, we'll see. We'll uh, see. And the commander shows up, and it is War Prince Aloran Semitor Koraz. Oh, no, this is the fall of Almertrans Beklorax. <laughs> uh, he is rude and very dismissive to Dak. Uh, Dak then spells out all the info they have on the Yerk operation. He's like, he, like, dismisses Dak, and Dak is like, hey, I'm assuming you, like, want a briefing and he's like a briefing the fuck and he just starts listing off of like they have this many bases they have this many hork controllers they've developed this weapon this weapon this ship this ship like everything that they would need to know and the all the analysts are kind of like oh ah, oh okay yeah okay good yeah great uh good right like (laughs) they get all shut up 
had this right. information off the top of his head, not in yeah. a data pad, smart not guy. written down. Like, he just has a smart it all. Guy. Yeah. Uh, and so the whole fleet, turns out, did not come. This is like a small, this is eight fighters, two transports, one resupply ship, one repair ship, less than a thousand warriors. Oh, so then not enough of anything. Uh, and they estimate there are at least 40,000 Hork-Bajir controllers at this time. Great, so as long as everyone just kills a couple thousand apiece, we'll be fine. And it will take about a year, at least, for the entire fleet to get here. Okay, so this is a lost cause. I mean, this the seer's prophecy has now just come true. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so then there's, uh, we see the space fight. Uh, so this whole conversation is happening on the captain's ship. Like, they, the captain comes down, and then they get on the ship, and then they go up into space. So Dak does get to see space, which is fun. Okay. Um, but so while this is all happening, suddenly there are contacts incoming, and there is a space fight time uh, with the Yurks versus Andalite fighters. Esplin is in one of the fighters and contributes during this time to, like, four disabled or destroyed Andalite ships because he knows their tactics. And he's like, in a minute, they're going to dive down and try to shoot up at you, so be ready for that. And then they, like, do it, so they fucking blow that shit up and shit like that. Meanwhile, more time passes... Months and months, the war intensifies. Every now and then, like, a few Andalite ships will, like, show up to join, but ultimately, like, they're not really making any progress. They're not really able to stop more and more hork from getting controlled. Um, so, at some point, Dak and Aldrea are walking in, like, I call it in my notes, I call it Town, but, like, <laughs> in the base. Um, and Dak notices that there always seems to be, like, at least a pair of Andalites in a particular spot, like, down here. And they don't seem to be doing much, but there's, like, literally always at least two Andalites, like, over there. Guarding like, something? And so he's like, hey, what are they guarding? And she's like, I don't think they're guarding. And so Aldrea and Dak walk up, and he's like, what are you... Can we go through? And they're like, no, you can't go through. And they're like, great, what are you guarding? And they're like, oh, we're not guarding anything, but no, you go away. Like, And so Aldrea's like, okay. Uh. <laughs> they cross their tail blades like an X. That's how you know you can't go down there. Yeah. Uh, and then I have more to read. Uh, no, I don't have more to read. Uh, not there. What? Fine. You tricked me, you son it. of a bitch! I know, I know. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's not necessary. Um, so, Aldrea, basically, they have an argument. Uh, she's like, we should go ask Aloran. And, and Dak's like, no, he fucking ordered them to guard it, whatever it is. He's not going to tell us. Like, clearly, he doesn't want us to know. Uh, so she goes to meet in secret to meet Aloran because Dak is like, don't go to him. Don't tell him we're interested in this, you know, but she but does it anyway. she does. Mm-hmm. Um, and asks and like pleads with him to like know what's up. Even to the point where like she grabs his hand and is like, please, like tell him. And he's like, nope, you don't need to know. Uh, what he doesn't know because he is still unfamiliar with it as well is that she acquired him in doing that. Ah, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. She goes back to Dak, who knows that she went to him because he had Jagil and Delph, like, tail her. Yeah. Like, spy on her. And she's like, she's like, well, here's what I did. You don't need to have them spy, but but here's what I did. And she, like, points, like, shows Dak how she acquired him by, like, showing on Delph, the, like, female hook Bajir. She, like, holds her hand and is like, so I, like, did this to him and I got, and she's, and, and Dak is like, oh, that's. That's very clever. That's like that's actually pretty good. Um, so she morphs Aloran, and then her and Dak go to the guards and get through. She's like, let us in. Out of my way, pieces yeah. of shit. I'm a boss. In the room, there's a bunch of equipment and machinery, uh, and she asks the computer, like, hey, what's up? Like, what is this machinery for? What's this equipment for? And the computer will just answer because that's what they do. I am a computer. Yeah. My main function is... So, uh, computer, identify the purpose of this facility. Fortunately, computers don't understand the concept of a suspicious question. The computer answered, This facility uses RN biotechnology matched with Andalite computer technology to formulate and produce biological specimens. I frowned. 
What biological specimens? Oncalilium, that's an organic medicine, I told Dak. And virus Q118. My heart skipped a beat. Why would anyone be creating a virus? Explain the exact purpose of virus Q118. Virus Q118 is a quantum virus. It is designed to attack a specific type of living creature at the subatomic level, bypassing all possible countermeasures. It is designed to cause death within minutes. No, I whispered. Ask it what specific type of living creature, Dak demanded. For a moment, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. The computer would, would answer. The computer would tell the truth, and I couldn't hear the truth. Ask it, Dak, Dak snapped. Computer, what species is the virus Q118 designed to attack? Grass Whoa. monkeys. It's about to get fucked up. Hork Bajir. Oh! They're going <laughs> to kill all the Hork Bajir. Why not make that fucking thing them. for the Yurks? Why not make a Yurk thing for that Maybe man? they don't have the right genome for the Yurks. Maybe the Yurks, for whatever reason, are adaptable because of being David, host. I'm going to let you know that all these know. Andalites feel like zero to me. They all Ooh. seem like a bunch of dickholes. <laughs> so she has the computer bottle all the current store of the virus into like a metal canister. Um, and then uh, has Dak carry the canister while she shoots and destroys all of this equipment, right? Yeah, li- li- lights that room up, lights that room up, blaze, uh, blaze of glory. Guards come running in because of explosions. They fight their way out, and they start running. Uh, the explosions wake everybody up in Town. so now there's chaos. Uh, Aloran um, sees them, orders them you know, shot or captured. Um, they're kind of like running across on one of these thin bridges, like in this, you know, cliff town. Uh, soldiers are behind them. Aloran is in front of them. And then a few bug fighters zoom down and through the valley and through this like cliff and start fucking blasting shit. The Yurks are here and attacking. Oh, what the worst time for this to happen. There's already so much happening. This is also the first appearance of the blade ship. Um, yeah, the big one in the sky. Mm-hmm. The bridge gets blown out and Aloran like orders them killed. Uh, but they jump off of the bridge onto the top of the blade ship as it flies under, like at the last second. Yeah. Um, and it uh, uh, the uh, the plan was to throw the canister down into the like magma core of the planet to like destroy it all. Um, but the blade ship like flies up and out, and there's like now like over a bunch of all the trees and shit. Um, and so uh, they're like, "Well, don't throw it now. Like it could get to the all the here. So Dak gives her the canister to hold, picks her up. And jumps to a tree and, like, lands on the tree. Um, and then uh, he's like, morph the to-do so you can, like, also be up here and, like, I don't have to carry you. And she's like, wait, I have one better. And she starts morphing into Delph, the female hork who she had also acquired when giving that example of how she acquired. Um, they have kind of a really sweet moment <laughs> at the top of the tree where they kind of, like, press horns together, which she notes is pr- probably, like, the equivalent of, like, a hug or a kiss. Um... Uh, uh, and then they jump down out of the tree onto the ground into a whole squad of Draken Beam equipped Hork Bajir, and Esplin is leading them. So, what do they do? Just start swinging, start fucking punching? They are taken captive, oh, uh, okay. shackled, <laughs> and put on Esplin's fighter. So, it's Esplin, two guards, and them on the ship. Okay. Because it's kind of a small ship, so that's all that can fit in there. Um, and remember, she is still in Hork Bajir form. Um,. So uh, the fighter takes off, and Esplin really wants Aldrea as a host, trying to get her to demorph out of the body she's in. Um, and then he's like, oh, duh. Like, and he has her held down, and he like leans his host body over her and leaves his current host to start going into her ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's forced penetration. He realizes too late that that means his former host is now free. 
Oh no! That can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That Hork Bajir is given a name. It is Ga Philot. God uh, Philot? What is he gonna do? He fucks up the guards. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that he are holding down. And he grabs Esplin before he can get fully inside her ear and like flops him onto the floor. Yep. Crush that dude. Crush that oh. dude with your paw. Aldrea and Dak are unshackled, um, and they have like another sweet moment. Uh, where maybe they can, like, just fly away together. Like, hey, we have a ship. What if we just leave? We take the canister, we go. Uh, they but then, never do that. But then, boom! Big ol' explosion happens. Ship starts to go down. Uh, an Andalite fighter, thinking this was an enemy uh, fighter, boom, shot boom. the ship. Yeah. It crashes into a tree, spinning, tearing the side off the ship, and everyone is thrown clear. Dak loses consciousness. So does Aldrea. He like wake, Dak like wakes up again, but then like passes out again, uh, and then uh, wakes up what seems to be hours and hours later. Looks over at Aldrea. She is still Delph, and says to him like, "Yep, it has been well past two hours. I am permanently a Hork Bajir." <laughs> Santel's mouth is like wide, oh, wide oh, open wh- right it's now. Wide <laughs> But that's good. I mean, it's nice that they can fall in love and she's the right alien, but oh no. <laughs> uh, they could not find Esplin. They were like looking around to see if they could find that fucking Yurk. Can't find it. Um, uh, they then realized, like, wait, where the fuck is the canister? And they don't have it on them. They can't find it in the wreckage. And then they see Goff a lot, like, kind of swinging through the trees. And he's like, guys, don't worry. Like, look, I found that thing. And he's holding it in his hand. He's got the canister. Uh, but it is open. Oh. And now I'm going to read you this. <laughs> this is uh, a real Rogue One story, David. This is Gah, all yeah. ending on a sad note. Gah, goff a lot, but what could I do? What could I say to him? There was nothing I could do. As I watched in horror, his face twisted and his eyes bulged. Oh we my ran. god! We ran and ran. We ran down the valley, down toward our temporary home among the Arn. We had nowhere else to go. We ran through the blue mist, down to the edge of the cliff. Smoke billowed up from the wall city. I heard distant cries, the voices of the Arn. As we And as we stood there, we saw an Andalite fighter rise up through the smoke. Behind it, a transport. Another fighter. A second transport. All that was left of the Andalite task force. We stood there watching as they rose up, up, gaining speed. They disappeared into the blue mist, watching the last of our pathetic hopes evaporate. We stood there on the edge of that cliff, knowing the quantum virus was spreading on the wind, knowing that the Andalites were leaving forever. The end had come. The war was lost. It's over, Aldrea said. The Andalites are gone. The hork Bajir are doomed. But even now, I was not ready. This is Dak speaking. Even now, I was not ready to surrender. Yes, the Andalites were gone, but surely there was still some hope. Surely there had to be some hope for my people. There are valleys the virus will not reach for a time. Some will survive. Surely some will survive. And and there are still the trees. And us, Aldrea said. For now, for a while, we still have us. We stood there for a long time. The passing of the Andalite ships had left swirls in the blue mist, but then the swirls were gone, and all that remained were the pillars of smoke and faint cries of those who had created my people. And in orbit, and in all the valleys, and in the very heads of my people, there were still the Yurks. I was Doc Hami, Hork Bajir Seer, but I knew, but I could not see the future. I could not see the hope I knew must still be there. But I could see Aldrea. Different now, a Hork Bajir, and yet still Aldrea. I could see her, and that would be enough. That's the end of the story, except for the epilogue. <laughs> uh, where am I, where am I, where am I? You're on the epilogue. You said you're on yeah. the epilogue. Yeah, so we're back to we're back to Tobias. And Tobias is like, shit, that is a fucking story, man. What <laughs> a tale you just told me. Uh, and and Jara Hami is like, yeah, my father was Dak and Aldrea's kid. 
Oh, wow. So when he says his father father, his grandfather told his father who told him, that's because his father father was Dak Hami. Whoa. So this is the, dis- the direct descendant of Dak and Which Aldrea. Which means they live... Uh, Dak and Aldrea. Hork was your Aldrea, yeah. Right, but it was only 1968, so yeah, normal... This, yeah, this is like 30 years ago, and, yeah. we, and we have learned, I think, in the uh, prologue of this, that, like, hork grow and mature faster than, like, okay. humans or Andalites, so, like, right. the kid yeah, that is theirs is already, like, fucking jumping around trees and shit, and it's so clearly a kid, but, like, wasn't right. born that long ago, and is, like, right. fucking talking shit. Um uh, uh, Tobias is like, hey, I wonder whatever happened to that Yurk, Esplin 9466. And Dakami is like, oh, you've met. And Tobias is like, fuck, that's Visser 3. That's Visser 3. Yeah, I knew yeah. that. I knew that. I knew that. I didn't yeah. say that, everybody, but I'm going to let you know you I did. fucking yes, knew you it. Did. You yeah, fucking I did knew say it. That. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jara and Ket mentioned that they named their daughter, the, the kid Hork Bajir, Toby, after Tobias. Toby! Because. Like Tobias, she is different and sees much. Mm, she's a she's a smarty. She is a seer as well. Also, she has different. I mean, she, I wonder. She literally Tobias is like, wait, when you say different, you mean she's and Toby looks up at Tobias and is like, yeah, Tobias, I'm different. I'm fucking smart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and Tobias flies off feeling honored that they would name their daughter that, and hopeful that their future could rest in a new seer, uh, Toby. The end. Oh, Apple. Oh, Applegate. You just play with our hearts. Each <laughs> here we are an hour and a half into the recording. Man, we might make this a two-parter, but who no. knows? We'll see. I might just leave it as an extra long episode. That might, that might be what we'll yeah, I feel say, like you that's think, the way to go. Think about it right now. Let's go to lessons. Lessons. Uh, first lesson, don't yell at your parents. I know we, I know it's, <laughs> I know you're angry right now, but don't do it. It's not going to lead to anything, and you're not going to get your point across. I, maybe you can yell at them sometimes, but just don't do it. Um, I, I wrote the number 47. I don't like the number. I don't know why I don't like it. I just don't like 47. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what are my lessons? David, my lessons are all over the place on this one. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, here's a great lesson. Listen to the experts. Mm-hmm. If you don't know something, but someone tells you that they're very well studied in it, yeah. you should listen to the experts because they're fucking experts. Yeah. Uh, friends don't cut friends. I feel like friends it's a really friends. good. I've never uh, cut you, David. Thank you. Um, intelligence is like a a slippery slope if you're using it as like a uh, like a like a a judgment on someone's value. You know what I mean? Uh, I feel like that's a big lesson of this story. I think it's a very good lesson of this story. I wrote war is bad. It's war a bad, bad thing. That it's bad, bad, good, bad, bad, bad. That is a good lesson to learn here. Yeah. Uh, I wrote don't lose your head. Like just <laughs> metaphorically and physically, keep your head on your shoulders. Yeah, you You're gonna watch out need for those it. Metaphorical jubba jubbas, am I right? Uh huh. Listen, I learned all about Jubba Jubba Island. It's a yeah. lesson I learned that I would go there. It feels like a great place down in the sunny weather. <laughs> um, I wrote. I, here's a good lesson that I learned from this book, and I mean this about everyone in our audience. Oh boy, names are ridiculous. You have a name. <laughs> it is ridiculous that they put words and sounds together. You can be whatever you want to be. Names are ridiculous things. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> spoilers. Uh, we are a slave race made by aliens. This is exactly <laughs> what Zacharias Hitchens was talking about, David. It is our inner fears coming out in this story. Uh, I wrote, do as he does. I just feel like uh-huh. if you don't know what to do, this is a Follow great lesson. <laughs> if you're in an aerobics class and you don't know what to do, do as he does. Whatever that lady up front is doing, do as she does. I got one that always comes up. What? 
No body, no corpse. Yeah. There are like three or four times in this story that Visitor 3 could have been killed easy and just yep. didn't. Uh, a lesson I wrote down is sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Uh, I wrote, uh, again, I wrote, I wrote, war is bad. All sides of this war have blood on their hands, David. Yeah. It's not a good guy, bad guy. There's yeah. so much gray. Oh, I'll, I got one. Genocide is not the answer. David! That's literally what I wrote. I wrote geno- my last lesson was genocide weapons aren't cool. Yeah. We're on the same page. Yeah, man. I'm glad that as a podcast, we've come down solidly on the no genocide. Listen, part of that I don't know where the other podcasts stand, but yeah. put us and we're in the calling anti- you out other podcasts. What is your position yeah. on genocide? We're anti-Gemini. We're against that shit. Anti-genocide. I was about to say Gemini. No, not Gemini. We're, no, we're, we're not necessarily here. anti-Gemini. No, no. but. We're anti-genocide. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm glad we're on the same page on this, because this would have been a show ender if you were like, well, wait yeah, a second. Really. Genocide is bad. Wait a minute. Well, let's think about well, that. Well, let's, for a let's talk this one out. Aren't there any pros? <laughs> Devil's to advocate it? here. Uh, <laughs> David. It's a nutso uh, story. That shit blew my mind when I was a kid. It's real nutso. It shows the grossness of war and that the mm-hmm. Andalites have other atrocities on their hands. Uh and also how complicated all this is. It's such a it's such a war story. It's oh, yeah. so there's so much going on there. And there's also uh, kind of like a, a a romance novel element to it. It comes it comes through a little clearer if you read the book. Yeah. I didn't focus so much on like their developing relationship and it is yeah. sort of tenuous at times because they're angry with each other, but but like it's a sort of a sweet little romance born out of an you know, a tragedy. <laughs> it's a wonderful alien romance. Uh does that romance spill over to book 14 the unknown i haven't read book 14 in like 20 years so oh jesus okay uh, but no i think this is like this is kind of more of a self-contained and like i said um I, I we put this here in the reading order uh but this didn't necessarily come out between in fact i'm pretty sure it did not come out between books 13 and 14 oh interesting okay yeah. but it's well, like David- set roughly around here so i put it in here yeah david i have more things to say about this but unfortunately my wife is mouthing to me i have been quiet all day so we have to end this podcast now (laughs) great she just she just mouthed to me that i deserve to talk and i will not silence women on this podcast (laughs) we are anti uh anti-genocide little mermaid they can have their voices women deserve voices we put us in that category as well (laughs) david get to reading that book 14 because i am jonesing to know what the kids are up to this is some real heavy backstory that the kids have to find out about too tobias knows i'm sure he'll tell them yeah oh boy well david thank you for thank you for telling me thank you for joining us also thank all of you for joining us this one goes out to pigeon uh you're all wonderful people uh thank you for joining us for another episode of story time our narrator today telling us all the tales that's (laughs) david miller and our listener today just receiving words is michael (laughs) (laughs) santel and we will see you guys all next time okay bye okay bye junga junga (laughs) That's our show, thanks for coming round Don't be sad, no need to frown We'll have more stories, don't throw a fit Goodbye one and all, and we'll see you in a bit So, with this book, kind of like the uh, the Megamorphs The point of view is going to change chapter to chapter (laughs) Bless you I feel better now, keep going